Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. It's 10.24 here on SENZ Mornings with Smithy. No Smithy today, Ricardo in the hot seat for him, but joining us on the panel uh, is Andrew Gordy. How are you, sir? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And uh, Watto, Mark Watson, uh, good morning to you, sir. Morning to you, Ricardo. Morning to you, Andrew. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we had uh, Jason Ryan's first presser in the All Blacks camp yesterday. Uh, Gordy, I know you were there for it, mate. Uh, honestly, oh. what, a, what a breath of fresh air it, it, it was listening to Jason Ryan talk rugby from an All Black perspective. Yeah, look, uh, should point out I wasn't there, but I was uh, I was watching uh, very closely, and I've got to say I was so impressed by his media performance yesterday for, for a whole range of factors that I'll, that I'll go through for a start. I mean, this guy really does come across as confident without being arrogant, which I think is exactly what the All Blacks need right now. Um, and I just love the way he was so brutally honest about what the problems are with this All Blacks team. You know, in your first media conference describing the All Blacks forward pack as dented um, and, and just talking about how the need for honesty within this team, uh, if they're, if they're going to go about changing the things that need to be changed. And I also love the way that he talked about his relationship with Scott Robertson, which we all know about. We all know those two are very loyal to each other. Um, but the way he spoke about that, excuse me, um, really gives you the impression that Jason Ryan isn't just Scott Robertson's assistant. He's his own man. And he's been offered the chance to coach the All Blacks forward pack. And, and actually, when you stop and think about that, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, this is a guy who has been outstanding. He has been an outstanding performer with the Crusaders over recent years. He deserves this opportunity, regardless, really, of who the, the head coach is. And, and I think the other thing to consider, and I loved how he was asked, you know, can, can you understand the irony of previously being on, being on Scott Robertson's ticket when he applied for the All Blacks job and, and now you're on, on Ian Foster's team? And he just simply said, I'm on the All Blacks ticket. Now, I love that. And, and I think any, any Kiwi, any All Blacks fan would love that because this is a guy clearly who's not just a crusader. He's, he's a proud Kiwi and, he, and he's really strong about trying to help this team to get back to where I think we all know they should be. Um, so, no, hugely impressive first-up performance from him, and I, and I think it was promising signs of his. Well, I'll tell you what, Ollie Ritchie does a damn good Andrew Gordy impersonation then, because I heard that yesterday, and I was sure it was you that was asking that <laughs> first question. Um, Mark Watson, we should come to you, mate. Uh, Jason Ryan uh, 
Uh, obviously, we just uh, heard Gordy there talk about the way he spoke. Your take on on that appointment and the fact, you know, I don't know if you've heard this rumour, but it, it seems to be one that is gathering steam that the backs coach for the All Blacks uh, post-South Africa is gonna, probably going to be Leon McDonald, which will mean it's two of the blokes off Scott Robertson's team when he applied for the job will now be part of that All Blacks team. Um, does that just mean that we've got the wrong bloke running the thing in the first place? Well, I, I think it does. I think just listening to Andrew there, and I th- thought um, his overall summary um, was fantastic um, of uh, Jason Ryan. Uh, look, I think Jason Ryan coming out and identifying what's wrong with the All Black forward pack, I mean, why hasn't Ian Foster been able to identify that? I mean, he's been in the role since, what, 2020, and suddenly it takes somebody from the outside to identify it, which, again, just says to me that Ian Foster is not the right guy for the job here. Uh, you'd like to think that he has been told, look, you've got two tests in South Africa to sort it out or you need to fall on your sword. And I think, I, I can't see us winning two tests in South Africa, even with the changes. I, 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 look, there's a cynical side of me that sort of sees the inclusion of Jason Ryan, if we're going to end up seeing Leon McDonald, how much of this is just a bit of a PR move. Uh, clearly very good coaches. And, and clearly, you know, uh, uh, and certainly Ryan is, is going to be fantastic for the All Blacks. Um, but, you know, we saw it, I remember back in the day when John Hart lost five tests and sort of suddenly, you know, Todd Blackadder was made all-black captain and that was sort of a little bit of a PR move to sort of try and just keep the public at bay, particularly down there in Canterbury. So, look, two oh, oh, very good coaches, but the big problem is we've still got Ian Foster in charge and um, until that changes, I still think the all-blacks are going to struggle. I don't think we've got the player personnel out there at the moment. Um, you know, I'd like to see us do a little bit of a, a sort of what we did back in '86 when we had the um, you know, we had the Cavaliers too, and we had to have a little bit of the baby blacks. I think it is time for guys like Kurt Eklund to come in and just sort of freshen things up a little bit. And some of these players that I think have been quite dynamic, Alex Hodgman, um, as, as another example. Uh, look, I don't think it's about a revolution; uh, it's subtle evolution. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's it's the whole thing is just. Just, just an absolute mess. And, you know, we used to have this sort of no dickheads policy, and I, I just want to segue a little bit and feel free, Andrew, to jump on the back. But, you know, here we are, a group of All Blacks walking through the airport without masks yesterday and asked by a member of the public, and the comment was, oh, just chill out. Um, you know, and then about an hour later, we've got the All Blacks putting up on social media all the players getting $5,000 watches. And now this is a sponsorship thing. Yes, they want to leverage that sponsorship. But when is New Zealand rugby? I mean, for the resource they've got, how stupid are they? Have they got no idea about reading the room at the moment? Completely and utterly inept. And, you know, going back to the Justin Marshall and the bar situation, I don't want to get into that, but I've got a lot of time for Justin. But why on earth are the All Blacks actually even out after losing a test two tests to Ireland in a row. Why are they out partying? Why are they creating that perception? I mean, the culture, you know, a fish rots from the head down. Something fundamentally is wrong in this all-black team. You can bring in all the coaches you want, but there is something fundamentally going wrong in New Zealand rugby at the moment, and it needs a major clean-out. And unfortunately, I think Mark Robinson is probably another one who needs to fall on his sword at some point. Yeah, there you go. You, t- you mentioned fish heads. Fish heads have oft- often been pointed out as the uh, as the problem. Uh, what oh, this is the panel on SENZ Mornings with Smithy. We'll continue it after the latest in news and sport with Araha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 
It is 27 away from 11. This is the panel. Andrew Gordy and Mark Watson with us before news and sport. Watto came off the long run, Gordy, about All Blacks not wearing masks in the airport, telling people to chill out, and then everyone getting $5,000 watches. Uh, your take on, 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 on what Watto said there? Yeah, that was a, that was a, a passionate uh, passionate speech from from what I even by your standards, what I really appreciated that mate. That was good. That was good stuff. Look, let's uh, there's a lot to unpack there. To be fair, um, let's go with the mask thing. Um, now let's let's be clear. Your black should have been wearing masks. Okay, Let, let's get that really straight. But I'm really reluctant to use this this example as a stick to beat them with. I mean. Let's face it, they are not the only people in this country who have been maskless when they should have been wearing one over the last you know, few days, weeks, months. Um, and I think you only need to look at the COVID numbers in this country um, to see that that's the case. And people will say that you know, these guys are, uh, should be setting an example and yes, they probably should be setting an example. But look, there are people in this country who are responsible for setting policy relating to this pandemic that have been caught not wearing a mask when they should have been. So, again, I'm highly reluctant to take aim at them over this. Um, these guys are rugby players at the end of the day. And I, I think the other question for me is actually, like, how were they even allowed into Wellington Airport without wearing a mask? I mean, I've, I've certainly had times where I've turned up to Auckland, Auckland Airport during this pandemic, and um, it's been made pretty clear, like, you're not coming in this building unless you're wearing a mask and you, and you show us your vaccination status and all this sort of thing. And if this is still something that we, we as, a, as a country, uh, are are being asked to do wearing masks in certain places, then you know th- this is something that should be enforced. No, um, and then we wouldn't we wouldn't be having any of this sort, this sort of issue. Um, in terms of All Blacks not being allowed out um, after a defeat, yeah, I can understand why it's why it's not a good look, and I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what was going on in that video, which uh, which clearly showed Justin Marshall and Akira Iwane in some kind of. Um, conversation, shall we say, shall we say if we, to put it mildly. But look, um, I think we've all heard, heard of the term drowning our sorrows. I'm not suspecting that, um, you know, not saying necessarily that, that that's what was going on. But look, these are young men at the end of the day. I'm not going to deny them a chance to, to go out. But there's nothing there to suggest that they were behaving inappropriately that night or, or misbehaving. So I'm, again, I'm reluctant to lay the boot into these guys. I know you're probably going to but say that I'm sounding a bit weak here, but um, look, I, again, I, I just I just really feel like these guys are rugby players. They're young men. Um, they're not going to get it right all the time. And but certainly, there's nothing to suggest they did anything wrong after that defeat uh, to Ireland and Wellington as well. So, now nah, fair, fair play to you, Watto. I can I, I, I appreciate the pa- passion, and I can certainly understand the point of view, but. Uh, yeah, we might uh, have to agree to disagree on this. Yeah, I think it's it's just for for a lot of people, Mark. It's it, it's just how it looks, isn't it? You know, you're out on the booze till five a.m. or whatever it is after you've lost back to back tests. Uh, I think people, all black fans, New Zealanders, want to see a bit of contrition and maybe just keep your head down. Yeah, look, I think it's a perception thing that I'm dealing with. It's like, you know, they've got you know at the moment, um, you know, they're much maligned. There's a lot of anti-sentiment towards them. You don't say to a member of the public, hey, just chill out. That, to me, is the attitude issue. It's not so much about the issue of wearing the mask or not. It's more of a way that they spoke to the public, which was quoted in that stuff article. Um, and it's just that whole, I'm a bit too cool for school mentality. Uh, look, you know, I would have thought at the moment, because they're so heavily under the spotlight, that they'd want to be on their best behaviour. And it just amazes me for the sheer amount of resource that they continue to just get this so wrong. So, so wrong. I know so many athletes who, when they have disappointing sporting results, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to go out. I just cannot, for the life of me, understand why they would go out to a bar after losing to Ireland. Uh, the perception is, hey, we're out there having a party. 
That's the perception, and you've got to deal with perception. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, you have to deal with perception these days. Well, I do know that the All Blacks had booked out the, uh, the some some bar at the in the in the uh, in the hotel they were staying at for them to get together and have a drink afterwards. I I, I assume that they expect them expected them to stay there, and it doesn't look like that's where that video was taken. But let's move on anyway, gentlemen, because uh, we we should talk about uh, the NRL. Um, as I, I had Scott Bailey from the Australian Associated Press on the other day, and he said, "Who would have thought on a weekend?" Where a guy gets done for eye gouging, it's not even the third biggest story in the NRL. Um, we've got uh, Manly wanting to do these pride jerseys. Uh, they've filled the white gaps in the jersey with a rainbow. Uh, that apparently um, has been a problem for seven of the team who have decided they don't want to wear that jersey. And we saw yesterday uh, the coach come out and say, look, uh, you know, Des has to come out and say, look, we, uh, we, we've got to apologise because we didn't consult the players on this. And I'm like, really? Because I'm pretty sure you wouldn't consult the players on your Anzac jersey design or your woman in league jersey design or your indigenous jersey design. You just expect them to wear it because it's just the decent thing to do and you only have to be a halfway decent bloke to do it. Uh, what was your take on it, Gordy? Yeah, um, similar to you, um, I, I, I sort of look at this and, and say... Why is the club apologising? That's the bit that I don't really understand. Like they, their intent was was perfectly fine and perfectly understandable. I think to probably, you know, the vast majority of the population um, when it comes to considering this matter. And I suppose that I'm, I'm I'm sort of trying to do the maths on, on that. What, why are you why are you apologising? But while they're saying we should have engaged with our stakeholders, we we should have engaged with our players. Now I then go. So what would have happened then? So you talk to your players they make it clear they won't wear the jersey. So then you pull out of the jersey and you don't do it. Now, what's the message you send if that's the case? Because that, to me, then says you value two competition points above the values of inclusivity. And you're either an inclusive club or you're not. So I, I was a little bit disappointed that Manly, and why did Des Hazlitt front that, by the way? Surely it's a CEO's issue, not a, mm. not a um, club coach's issue. But anyway, Des Hazlitt did his, did his best reading, reading the statement. Um, I think they've, they've made a stand as a club to say they're an inclusive club and, and they're basically asking the players to make a choice and the players are then having to reveal how they, how they feel about this. Um, equally, guys, I, don't, I certainly do not agree with the stance of the players, but equally, if they decide they're not going to play, then that's up to them, um, I think. I think it's, uh, yeah, again, a strict. I do not agree with that, but if it's their choice not to play, it's their choice not to play. Mm, yeah, I mean, what I I scratched my head at this one, mate. Especially, you know, I uh, heard through a few people that I know that Toff Sipley has a a transgender sibling, so I kind of wonder where this puts them and and you know and that and that whole uh, situation and why he is one of the seven referring to wear it. Well, I always felt that far far fine a big part of Samoan culture, particularly. I was you know when I was at school, a number of kids that identified as far far fine. It's always been. Um, accepted within that culture. Oh, look, I just find religion just full of hate these days, and this is all this is. It's just hate. It's hypocrisy. More than happy to have their indigenous realms, um, which to me is, you know, you could argue, you, you know, that's as political. If they want to talk, make this a political issue or a, a religious issue, whatever it is. I mean, uh, you know, would they if they were picked up a serious concussion, were suddenly required, you know, brain surgery, and the best guy to do it and yet a small chance of survival happened to be a gay man or a gay woman where they suddenly throw the religious card in front of them? I think not. Um, 
you know, you've got a jersey that is covered in sports betting logos. The stadium's named after a brewery. I would have thought those two things would be far detrimental to society um, than promoting um, inclusive, you know, being in- inclusive um, and-, and saying, hey, we're a club about everybody. But what they've also got to realise is that they now actually put the club at financial risk here. Most companies that do get on board, uh, get behind the NRL, are, do give, you know, do have the rainbow tick here. Uh, hey, if you don't want to play, don't get paid. Don't put your hand out. Um, it's not just being a bunch of hypocrites. You know, religion is about love thy neighbour. It's about inclusivity. And oh, I just think there's an awful lot of bloody ignorance that goes on amongst some of these players. And I think a lot of it's just grandstanding. And, yeah, I think they just need to sit down, get a guy like Ian Roberts around the table and just get a little bit of education. Yeah, well, that's the thing too, isn't it? The ir- the irony on that, Gordy, is that Ian Roberts, the first uh, openly gay man to play rugby league, is from Manly. Yeah, exactly. And look, what, geez, and, and man, is he an impressive guy. How impressive is Ian Roberts? Like, just hearing the way he spoke yesterday, uh, which then obviously goes and um, prompts you to go on YouTube, Ian Roberts hits uh, on YouTube, and my goodness me, that guy was like a brick wall, wasn't he? And the toughest, <laughs> one of the toughest men to ever play the game, and just so impressive when it comes to speaking about this issue as well. The other point I just wanted to touch on, guys, is... I think everyone's looking at this and going, um, you know, how, how does it make the, the transgender and, uh, you know, the LGBT um, GIA community feel uh, with, with the stance that they're taking? Um, I think there's a, there's a flip side to that. The seven now who have said they're not going to play, they're now going to have to, at some stage, explain their action. And, and they will have their moments of being made to feel awkward and like the outsider as well, because they will have to face the media at some point and you can bet the Aussie media will not miss their chance to make those players feel like they are they are they are the excluded ones. Like they are not um, you know, I suppose in line with, with the beliefs of, of their teammates and, and the wider community. So I, I in a way I'm sort of looking forward to that moment I suppose. Um, and, and I suppose the other thing to consider, and I did sort of read a, a story yesterday which suggested that there was a young um, young gay player at, at Manly who is not out um, and has just been left devastated by this. And that's, that's the really sad thing, I think, in all of this. It's meant to be, you know, we've had examples, obviously, recently uh, in the A-League um, where we've had players feel feel you know, brave enough and confident enough to, to take the step to come out. And that's what you want to encourage, right? And for it to have the opposite effect on someone who's playing at Manly is, is really sad. But, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm looking forward to these seven having their day where they have to stand in front of microphones and explain why they're not prepared to wear this jersey. And, and let's see how they respond to that. Yeah, nicely said, nicely hey, said. Ricardo, yeah, yeah, what? Hey, Ricardo, just, just finally, look, it wasn't actually that long ago, was it? You know, we keep going back where, unless you're European, and a lot of societies, a lot of countries, particularly those with colonisation and stuff, where it wasn't that long ago, where unless you're European, I mean, let's be honest, there was, um, you know, um, you were segregated against quite heavily. It's taken a long time to get equality, particularly for um, non-European people. A lot of work done in that area for for inclusiveness and to break down a lot of those barriers. Um, and I, I find it funny that, you know, um, those very same people haven't actually learned any lessons themselves and now are happy to, hey, we've got, you know, we're, we're included, we're inclusive, but, hey, we don't want to be inclusive of others. So I, yeah, I, I, I just, 
I just don't get it. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Just before we wrap, uh, the Com Games starts on Friday. Which one event are you not missing at the Com Games, Watto? High jump. High jump. Best, at- best, best, best. Yeah. Well, I've been privileged enough to go to four and call it high jump final. Just so much drama, mate. Men's high jump final. Watch that. Great theatre. And and you, Gordy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you only gave Watto one. Like, surely Watto's just watching back-to-back coverage of the Com Games over the next two weeks, aren't you, Watto? It's got to be the case, doesn't it? Well, I, I, I'm struggling a little bit because I tried to desperately get a gig through the uh, host broadcast and I couldn't get one, so I just went to the World Games in Alabama. And not being there, does I'm not going to lie, it makes it a little bit harder to sort of watch it. But yes, you're right, Andrew, I will be watching more to walk. Gentlemen, thanks very much no. for joining the panel today. Really appreciate your time. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.